right, so we're in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I want you to notice in verse 1, it says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 2, this is a chapter that is all about preserving good doctrine and making sure that the things that you've been taught are the things that you teach other people. We're trying to pass some things down. We don't want bad doctrine coming. We're not going to go through the whole chapter here, but this is all about preserving good doctrine. And he says in here, the things you've heard, the same commit to faithful men. And then he follows that by telling them to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now, jump to verse 23. Jump to verse 23. says, But foolish and unlearned questions avoid knowing that they do gender strifes. Okay? So there's some things we're supposed to avoid because they cause strife. Well, aren't we supposed to be a good soldier? I mean, what's a soldier without a fight, right? Shouldn't we have... Should, you know, I thought we were supposed to have some fighting going on. I mean, he just told us to, you know, make sure the same things we're teaching and their hardness is a good soldier. But now he's telling us to avoid some things that are going to cause strife. Well, if I'm a soldier, I want to go fight. I mean, isn't that the whole point? And then he goes on to say, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach patient. Well, wait a minute. Who ever heard of a gentle soldier? I mean, I think that's what our military is trying to produce today. Is a bunch of, you know, gentle, you know, soft marshmallow type soldiers. But um, right here it's saying we're not supposed to strive to be gentle unto all men, apt to teach. So this is still about doctrine. And we kind of seem to have a conflicting message. It says, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. Whoever took a sword up to somebody in a meek way. Those that oppose themselves. If God prevents will give them repentance and the acknowledging of the truth. So in this chapter, we see we're supposed to endure hardness as a good soldier. We're trying to preserve good doctrine. But then later, it's telling us we're not supposed to strive, be gentle unto all men, have to teach patience. What are we supposed to do? And I, pre I preach a lot of messages like this. I like preaching these types of messages because I think this is, this is very important because way too often, people, they take something that the Bible teaches that they like and then they just go crazy with it. They get super ultra zealous with it. But in the process of it, they also forget about other things that the Bible commands too. And we're always supposed to try to be the whole package. We don't just get to take the stuff we like and throw the other things out. And so I always like doing messages like this where we look at both, where we look at both things. Because we don't want to go to extremes. We need to be balanced on things. It's very important. And in this chapter, in this same chapter, that's about the same subject, the Apostle Paul almost seems to give a conflicting message when it comes to preserving good doctrine. And, you know, any preacher can get up, and you guys got to watch out for this. I, I try to warn you about these things all the time. Any preacher that knows anything about the Bible can get up and they can find something that goes along with their agenda for that day and they can rip on it, they can show scriptures, they can make a huge deal out of it. Anybody calls them out for some kind of bad behavior, they can show you some place in the Bible where there was some behavior that's similar to theirs and then they can use that for justification no matter how out of line they were and whatever they did. And any preacher can take these first three verses, use it as a springboard for not putting up with anything. I'm not putting up with any false doctrine, people. 
I mean, the Bible says, the things that thou have heard among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. And let me tell you, people preach anything any different than us. We're not putting up with it around here. I'm not, no fellowship with preachers. They're different at all. I'm not putting up with it, folks. You want to come in this church and you want to be a part of this church, you better not say anything different than the preaching that comes from this pulpit. Otherwise, you're going to be wrong. Therefore, you're railing. You're getting thrown out of the church. And you know what? We're not putting up with nothing. I know we have a visitor here tonight and it's her first time ever here, but I really hope she believes everything exactly like we do. We're grilling you after the service and we're not going to do that. But if you're not, I mean, right there, lockstep with us, we're not putting up with it. You're out of here. And, you know, I can, I can find, I, we can find verses that go along with that. We'll look at some here in a little bit. But, if I want to, another preacher can get up and take these last verses. And we can get Pastor Skinny Jeans up here. And it's like, you know, these preachers that are always just calling everybody out all the time and just, you know, being mean to people. You know, that's not right. The Bible says a servant of the Lord must not strive to be gentle. And, you know, I think these preachers that, you know, rip on everybody all the time and, Pick on people's skinny jeans. I just think that's wrong. And I just don't think that's very Christ-like. You know? In meekness. Instructing. Why do you have to yell when you preach? You know? I mean, he's got Bible. So, if I want to preach, you know, soft, flamboyant, whatever type preaching, you know, I can, I can try to apply this. And I can use this to call out the preacher that I don't like because he was too mean. And I don't like how he said it. Well, it wasn't what he said. It was how he said it. Uh, listen, sometimes that's legit, but sometimes it's like, you know what, just, just deal with it. Okay? Sometimes people say things and they don't say it very nice. You know, just get over it. So, uh, you know, you, and I, I hear Dennis Corll say this sometimes. Like, you know, whenever he he's talking about the trendies and stuff, he always says, like, oh, the only thing these people preach hard against is against hard preaching. And it's true. It's like the only thing they preach hard against is hard preaching. And so, you know, I could use these last three verses of the chapter and I could use it to rip on ripping on people because I don't like that. So what I want to talk about today, though, is when to be tolerant, okay? when to be tolerant. Some of you think I'm never. I hear him talk about tolerance in the news media all the time and I ain't doing it. I don't think we ought to be putting up with it at all. But no, there, there is a time to be tolerant. Okay? This is a legitimate question about when to be tolerant because people are always going to be doing stuff that is not right. And so when are we supposed to put up with stuff and when are we supposed to not? When are we supposed to just keep our mouth shut? When are we supposed to open our mouth and say something? And tolerance has, it's kind of become a dirty word in fundamentalism and for good reason. Because we live in a world where they're telling us we need to tolerate crimes against humanity, pretty much. You know, we, you know, they're telling you you should tolerate perversion, tolerate just you know sick, disgusting filth and things like that. We get that shoved down our throats all the time, and so we just kind of hate that word. I mean, when I if I hear somebody talking about tolerance, I get nervous. You know, if I if I hear you know if I saw a message online about tolerance, I'm probably I'm not watching that one. I don't want to hear about that. Tired of hearing about tolerance, but there is a time for it. And kind of an interesting thing, too, about this word. If you look at the Webster's 1828 dictionary, the definition of tolerance, it means the power or capacity of enduring or the act of enduring. That's the definition. 
And, you know, there's a lot of verses in the Bible about enduring and endurance and things like that. And we ought to be enduring people. We ought to be people that can handle some things and deal with some stuff. You know, there, so when I look at the Webster's 1828 dictionary uh, definition, I, I like that. Enduring, that's, I think that's good. And tolerant, too. It's not a Bible word. But um, we do see, uh, I do believe we see the principle in the Bible. We'll look at a word the Bible uses in a little bit. But now let's look at the dictionary.com definition of tolerance. This is to show you how words change over time. And it says, a fair, objective, and permissive attitude toward those whose opinions, beliefs, practices, racial or ethnic origins, etc., differ from one's own freedom from bigotry. Is that not a huge difference from the 1828? Okay, and obviously none of us, you know, we, we don't want to be bigots, right? You know, we, and we don't want to be prejudiced and all that kind of thing. But at the same time, like that word permissive, you know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff, you know, I think you can tolerate some things without being permissive towards it too. I mean, obviously there's things that the world is doing that I am against and I'm not going to hate them for it, but I'm not going to act like, yeah, you have my permission to do that. You know, I don't know. I, I just, I see why people don't like that word, you know, because if it's defined that way. And so um, another definition is a fair, objective and permissive attitude towards opinions, beliefs and practices that are that differ from one's own. And so, you know, I will say there is a time and place for that. You know, again, we just we can't expect to go through a world where everyone thinks exactly the way we do. And if you want to live in that world, then you're going to have a very small world with very few people around you, and you're just going to be mad at everybody. You know, if you have no tolerance for people who think any different than you in any area, you're just not going to be a pleasant person to be around. You're going to be a very lonely person. So we've got to understand, there is a place for tolerance. There is a, there is a time and a, and a way we need to handle these things I do believe this is biblical. And if you look up the word tolerance in a, a thesaurus, the very first alternative word that it gives is patience. And we do see that word used a lot in the Bible. And especially when it's talking about how we are towards other people, we're supposed to have patience with people. And I do think that uh, that is a good synonym for tolerance, or you could say a good synonym for the Bible word of patience is tolerance. We're supposed to put up with each other. We're supposed to forbear one another. And because people, because they are not us, because they have a different brain, because they have different life experiences, because they have all kinds of different backgrounds and things, they're going to be a little bit different than us in some areas. And we're supposed to be patient with people. So I do, I do believe that tolerance is an important thing. But again, because we are being encouraged to support and fully accept abominations today, it's like as Baptists, we've just become very intolerant, even in areas where we need to have some tolerance. And we've got to watch out for this. It's important that we know actually when to do it. But again, there's verses that either side can use. I can go to Galatians 5.9. If I just don't want to put up with anybody, if I want to be one of these Baptists that's the type of Baptist that thinks we're the only people on the planet that's saved, you know, hey, my Bible says in Galatians 5, not a little leaven, leaven is the whole lump. I ain't putting up with no leaven, ladies and gentlemen. I ain't putting up with nothing. Now, again, but what are we talking about here? Are you saying that 
you know, you will never have any fellowship with any other church that's different than you in any area? Or, you know, would we just apply this to our own church or for our own personal life? And there, there's a lot of different ways we can look at this. And I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but, you know, does God really want us to take this verse and to use it as an excuse to just isolate ourselves from everyone? Because guess what? If I, as a preacher, go to an extreme with this too, you know what? You could do the same thing sometime if you have a disagreement with me as a pastor. Well, you know what? I think the pastor's wrong in this one area. I have, this is a really small area that's not that big of a deal. My Bible says a little leaven leaven at the whole lump, and now you're out of the church. I mean, do we really, I mean, just how in lockstep do we really have to be? You know, do we need to be such a, in such lockstep, we got to go through some kind of brainwash procedure to just get everybody thinking about the same thing, do whatever you can to just strip whatever will you have from you and just get everybody to just fall in line with whatever I say? Uh, we work good for me, I guess, but <laughs> I don't know that that's really right. I don't, I don't think that's biblical. Matthew 5.19 says, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. You know what? I'm not putting up with these people who are messing around with these least commandments. I don't want them affecting my greatness in the kingdom of heaven. And so I'm fighting all of it. I'm standing against all of it as a good soldier. And I'm going to endure hardness. And if that means I'm all by myself and I can't be friends with anybody, so be it. And I got Bible to back up my bad attitude. Uh, Romans 14, 1 though, it says, Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs, let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. But wait a minute, we've got a disagreement. We've got a disagreement here. Somebody's wrong. So, what are we supposed to do? Hey, it says, don't despise. And let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth, yet he should be holding up, for God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Right here, this looks like it's kind of given liberty for people to think a little bit different on some stuff. So, again... The Bible is full of things like this where it almost seems, and it doesn't, but it might seem to have a conflicting message. But the truth is, when it comes to all of these things about when to be tolerant, about when to put up with stuff, about when to have patience, when not to have patience, when not to put up with things, there is a season and a time for everything. There is a time to love and a time to hate. There's a time for war. There's a time for peace. There's a time to you know, cast stones, time to gather stones. There's, there's, there's a time for all these things. But what most Christians do many times, what they'll do is they will just blindly and zealously follow one select portion of the Bible with zero guidance from the Holy Spirit. And as a result, they become crazy. You know, they kind of become these nut job type Christians that nobody really wants to be around and nobody wants to have anything to do with. So, we, so how can we know when to be tolerant? Because again... Some people are so tolerant, it makes us sick. And it's, it's wrong. And we don't, you know, we obviously don't want to be that way. But then, you know what? Some people are so intolerant that they make, make us sick. You know, they're horrible too. We don't want to be that. So do we just try to get in the middle of wherever the two extremes are? You know, that's not really the right way either. The truth is, we have to find out, no, 
there's a time where we need to endure hardness as a good soldier. Where we need to draw a line and we need to take a stand. There is a time to take a stand and to fight and to mark and to do all those things that the Bible says to do. But there's another time where we've got to keep our mouth shut. There's other times where we're not supposed to strive, where we're supposed to be gentle. It's not a one command for every situation in every scenario. Both are needed in different times. But unfortunately, a lot of people today, they don't know how to figure out when. So turn over Galatians chapter 5. So the first thing you need to do to help you know when to show tolerance. And pay attention to both sides. When to be tolerant, when to not be tolerant. Most of you want to know when to not be tolerant. Because you want to know when you can be a jerk. But I think think that's easy to figure out. A little easier sometimes than the other. But we want to get this right. So Galatians chapter 5 in verse 6. It says, for uh, in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith, which worketh by love. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Now, we looked at that before. And so notice here in this story or in this passage, you know, he's talking about a serious false doctrine, too. There were people that were trying to bring make circumcision, which was a part of the law, a part of salvation. That was wrong. Paul said, who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? A little leaven, leaven of the whole lump. He's telling these people, listen, you, you shouldn't listen to them. That, yeah, they just, all they did was added one work of the law to salvation. But did you know that leavened the whole lump? That ruined everything. And so... Notice that, but then let's jump down to verse 14. It says, For all the law is fulfilled in one verse, or one word, even in this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. So, right here, we kind of see another. It's like on one part, it's like, man, little leaven left the whole up. Let's not put up with anything. Who did hinder you? You should have thrown that guy out of the church. You want to know what's wrong with churches today? We're letting too many people in. They have too many problems and they're hindering us and they're leavening the whole lump and they're ruining everything. We got rid of them. Get, get rid of them. But you know what? The next week, a pastor can get up. You know what? It's all about love thy neighbor. Folks, it's from the same chapter. We can't be biting and devouring one another. We can't be throwing these people out of the church. We can't be calling everybody heretics and calling everybody reprobates. We're just biting and devouring one another. So it's like, okay, I can't figure out what I'm supposed to get zealous about. I need to get, I, I want to get zealous about one of these. But in Second Thessalonians two, we see, you know, fight like a good soldier. At the end, we're not supposed to strive. But we're supposed to be gentle. Here, we're seeing a little leaven and leaven at the whole lump. Here, we're saying, you know, don't be biting and devouring one another. We're gonna be consuming one another. How am I supposed to know when to act and how to act? How am I supposed to know when I'm supposed to follow verses 6 through 9? And how am I supposed to know when I'm supposed to follow verses 14 through 15? Well, you know what? Here's the key. Verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know how we know when to be tolerant and when to not be tolerant? We make sure the Holy Spirit is a part of all of our decisions and a part of our actions. Because, you know what, we live in a world where there's going to be times where you need to be tolerant, where you need to put up with other people, where you need to just keep your mouth shut, where you need to just deal with things, where you need to just love people, and you just, you know, just 
Not, not let it bother you, not let it affect you. There's going to be times where you're, and it's going to take patience for you to do that. It's going to take patience for you to just deal with all this foolishness and all this error and things that people have. But you know what? That's what you're going to need to do. And there's going to be other times where you are going to need to take a stand. There's going to be times where you're going to need to just draw a line and say, no, I can't move on this. I can't budge. And you're going to have to take some hurt. You might have to do some battle yourself. You might have to call some things out. But how do you know? You know how you know when to do it? The Holy Spirit will help you with that. You've got to walk in the Spirit. See, the problem with these things, when it comes to taking a stand, there's some people I want to take a stand against. You know why? Because I don't like them. So sometimes it's real easy to call people out. Okay, We all have that family member that we're just ready to call out. We're looking for the opportunity. And if we don't get an opening, we'll create one. All right? we, all have, we all have those people like that in our life. But, you know, I've been looking for an opportunity to nail them on this subject. And so family reunion comes around and somehow you get on that subject. Well, I'm just, I'm just trying to take a stand in these things. No, I think you're wanting to be contentious. I think you've got bitterness in your heart. I think you've got a bad attitude. I think, you just, I think you need to get over yourself in this situation. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's our flesh wanting to fight. and not. Sometimes the Holy Spirit calls on us to fight and our flesh says, I don't want to fight right now. But you know what? Sometimes it's our flesh that wants to fight while the Holy Spirit saying, I need you to take a knee on this one. And unfortunately... A lot of people today, they're getting it wrong all the time. You know why? Because they're all about the flesh. They're always walking in the flesh. There's a lot, even preachers a lot of times, some, they, do, they get out of line and they get up in the pulpit and they rip face and they name names and it has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. They're ticked off about something. They're in the flesh and they're preaching in the flesh right now. But you know what? Other times, it, it is of the Spirit too. You know, there is a time and a place for all these things. And you know what? We just need to learn to stop and pray every once in a while about how to handle situations. We can't just react. And most of the time, especially when it comes to a situation where we need to show tolerance or whatever, where unfortunately we are reacting. And James 1.19 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. We need to get a hold of the fact that our flesh does not naturally want to do the right thing. Now, we all have different personalities. Some of you in here, you are by nature more combative. And so as somebody who is by nature is just more combative, more argumentative, more contrary, you know, you're somebody who is going to really have to watch it in situations where there's disagreements because you're going to want to argue when maybe you shouldn't. You're going to want to open your mouth in a situation where you probably shouldn't open your mouth. Some of you, you are by nature, you're a lot more passive. You're, lot, you're even more permissive, maybe in areas where you shouldn't. You're, you know, some people are just more followers. Some people are kind of pushovers and they do. Because of that, they stand by and they don't say things when they should say things. You know, you've got to know who you are. You've got to know where your weaknesses are. And so you're somebody, too, who you might need to you know, ask the Lord, 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 give me the boldness to say something. If you're like me, I pray way more for the Lord to help me keep my mouth shut than I do for me to keep my, you know, to open my mouth. But I think that's part of being a preacher, you know, and part of my personality. I need a lot more prayer about keeping my mouth shut. But some of you, 
You're different. You might need to pray. Lord, help me open my mouth. So either way, there's a time to speak and there's a time to shut up. How do I know when? Well, you know what? I can't give you a diagram. I can't give you a list of every situation and scenario. Folks, there's a lot of situations. There's a lot of circumstances. There's a lot of things to factor in. There's so many things to factor in. For me to try to preach a message where I give you the list of what to do in every situation, it would just be too long. It would be too complicated. And you'll never remember those things. You're, you're not going to be able to memorize that list. And there's no way you can make a, an exhaustive list about something like that. But the truth is, all we have to do is just walk in the Spirit. Just if we, and if we walk in the Spirit, we're going to get it right. And if we walk in the flesh, you're going to get it wrong. And so when it comes to these things, you've just got to walk. We've, as Christians, we are called to walk in the Spirit. We are called to t- put off the old man. And we've got to do that every day if we want to get these things right. And chances are, the things that you instinctively want to do, and especially in the heat of a moment, especially in a moment of anger, it's probably sinful. Because look what it says in verse 17 of Galatians chapter 5. It goes on to say, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. So we all want to do the right thing. We all want to make the right decisions in every situation. We want to be patient or tolerant when we're supposed to be, and we want to stand and we want to fight and do all those things when we're supposed to. The problem is our flesh always gets it wrong. So what do we have to do? We've just got to walk in the spirit and we don't want to just always go on our instincts. We, it, it's, just, it's very wise to not trust your instincts. And I like what James said too when he said, let every man be swift to hear. Okay? Most people are not naturally swift to hear. We usually have to be told things several times. I mean, you know, parents, wouldn't it be great if you only had to tell your kids things once? And if you could just say it fast too. But no, what do you have to do? You have to say it over and over again. You've got to get their attention. And you have to say it slow. And you have to say it loud. Why? Because kids aren't naturally swift to listen. You know what? They're very slow to listen. We're supposed to be swift to hear. Boy, wouldn't it be nice? Think about how, many, how much less conflict there would be in the home if everyone was slow to speak. problem of everybody is too swift to speak just immediately and you know once those words go out you can't reach out and grab them throw them back in they're they're out there and but then slow to wrath you know yeah we, we're not good at that we don't count to 10 you know we don't go take a walk around the block first we don't sleep on something you know we, we don't do those things and what typically happens we almost always get in trouble when you go on your instincts, when you're, when you're in the flesh, you're going to get it wrong every time. And so the key thing we've just got to understand about all these things is stop, stop listening to a preacher when he's up there just trying to defend bad behavior, go through all these scriptures about being hardcore and whatever, and just understand, with most situations like that, there is a time to be hardcore and there's a time to take a chill pill on everything. There, there's to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. They're going to go through all those scriptures to just you know justify whatever their actions were. Even though instinctively we know, man, there was something wrong with this. I'm pretty sure he shouldn't have cussed that old lady out. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. But boy, he 
you know, turned out she was a Pentecostal lady and he go, showed a lot of verses in the Bible to show these Pentecostals are wrong and how we're supposed to rebuke people sharply and all. But, no, listen, there's a time. I don't, I don't think there's ever a time to cuss people out. Okay, But at the same time, you know, there's a time to sometimes get all over people's case. But, unfortunately, what people are doing is then you have idiots who they listen to this and they think, okay, turns out there is a time to act like a maniac. Now I'm going to act like a maniac all the time. No. No, you don't act like a maniac all the time. Yes. Yes, Elijah mocked the prophets of Baal. That's in the Bible. Okay? But that doesn't mean you get to make fun of the old lady who walks with a limp because she's you know, a zillion years old. That's not okay. I don't know. That pastor, you preached a good message about mocking people. And so, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make fun of these little kids that you know, can't pronounce their words right. You know, I'm going to make fun of this. I'm, I'm going to go curse the deaf. I'm going to go put a stumbling block before the blind. And I'm going to mock him and make fun of him. Because you know what? That blind guy is somebody in the Catholic Church. He's not even saved. He's probably a reprobate. And so, therefore, this is okay. Listen. All the story of Elijah does, it proves there is a time you can do it. But let me tell you, there's a time you shouldn't do it, too. But you know what? You are just going to get all zealous about the one thing because you found out there's a time you can do it and it's because it goes with your flesh. And let me tell you, it's not right. You shouldn't be doing it. So understand the way we get these things right is you don't find a Bible verse and then just act like that's what you do in every situation. No, you walk in the Spirit. And there's, verse, there's plenty of verses and where there's a plenty of other places in the Bible where we can show you... You know, how to be patient, examples of that. We can give all these examples of Jesus Christ, but I can do the same thing too. I can preach a mess where they don't put up with anything, where they're stoning a guy for picking up sticks on the Sabbath day. I mean, where they're, you know, they're doing all the, you know, being hardcore. I can show either side, but it doesn't change the fact there's a time and a place for both. And if you want to figure out how to get it right, it's not about who comes up with a list that has the most Bible verses. No, it's about walking in the Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit guide and direct everything you do. And so while there's nothing wrong with seeking advice about specific situations, and you're going to need to do that many times, you need to remember, you're the only one that fully understands the situation you're in. You, know, you can't just let another man decide these things for you. Okay? Cause, you know, we've, and we've talked about stuff like this before. You know, it's, it's always my goal for Christians who have a lot of lost family. You know, I want to see family relationships strong. Okay? You know, I always, I always want to see that. But, you know, there is a time where sometimes you just got to, you do have to cut people off. Right? There, there's a time to cut people off. But there's a time, too, especially with family. You know, I, I think you should make every effort to try to keep things strong. But here's what you got to understand. I can get up and I can preach a message given all these reasons not to cut people off. But the truth is, and I might, you know, I don't know your situation. I don't know everything that's going on. So I can get up here and I can preach a message. I can give principles. But at the end of the day, you know, you've got to look at your situation that you're in. You've got to talk to the Lord. You've got to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. I don't know what all's involved. I don't know how you think. I don't know that person. I don't, you know, th- th- there's, a, there's a lot of things. You know, it's one thing too. If you're, if you're a family and you don't have children, that can change the dynamic. Because, you know, kids are very impressionable and maybe they'd be dangerous on certain people, but maybe with you as parents, it's not a big deal. There's so many things that you can factor in. And 
you know, and I, I, it's, it's tough sometimes because people will try asking my advice and they don't give you a whole lot of information. It's like, you know, I can't possibly answer that for you. You know, and I just, I try to give some basic Bible principles, but you know, you've got to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. So another thing you have to do to help you know when to be tolerant or when not to is consider whether or not this is even your place to judge. That's something we, we forget too. Turn over, back to Romans 14. Uh, we looked at this verse a little bit ago. I just want to look at, uh, point out one verse. It says in verse 4, Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth, yea, he should be holding up, for God is able to make him stand. We need to understand that everybody has something wrong with them. Everybody has something that's not right. Every church is going to have some kind of issue. Every other pastor. If I only fellowshiped with pastors that thought exactly like me, I would not have any friends. Because everybody disagrees on something. Okay, But here's the big thing. Is this even a situation where I have any authority to judge? And and a lot of times where people get out of line when it comes to their lack of tolerance is when they're judging things that it's not even their place to judge. Well, you know, I'm not going to hang around this family member because I don't like that his wife wears the stuff. That's not your problem. That, you know, you don't need to worry about that. I, I, I just don't think we ought to put up with these things. You know, I'm just, I'm taking a stand. Listen, you don't have to take a stand there because that's not your place. There are some things that are not our place, that are not our problem. Oh, I don't like, you know, I, I can't let my kids hang out with these kids because I don't like that their family does this and they allow them to do this. And, and I, you know, sometimes, you know, kids can be bad influence and all that, but sometimes, you know what, it's just not your place to judge and you don't have to judge. You don't, you, you're allowed, well, they're different, but you know, you can put up with that. And as long as they're not trying to influence your kids in a wrong way, you know what, who cares? Deal with it. You know, be, be patient with people. Some things we do not need to concern ourselves with. First Thessalonians 4, 9 says, but it's touching brotherly love. You have no need that I write unto you for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed you do it toward all the brethren, which are in Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. And that you be stu- and that you study to be quiet, and to do your own business, and to work with your own hands, as we commanded you, that you may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that you may have lack of nothing. So notice when he starts this out, he's talking about stuff going on with other churches and with other brethren. But then he goes on to tell them, you need to study to be quiet and do your own business, and work with your own hands. Why? Because we want to have a good report and a good conversation towards them that are without too, even people that are not. That are not Christians. Proverbs twenty six seventeen says, "He that passeth by and meddleth with strife, not belonging, not, belonging not to him, is like one that taketh a dog by the ears." And you know, I, I had a, a conversation with a pastor just this week that was actually very encouraging, where you know he he brought up the fact that uh, he was talking about another pastor who does some things different than a lot of IFB churches. And somebody brought it up to him one time. It's like, you know, that pastor, he doesn't, he doesn't do altar calls in his church. And he was just like, what are we going to do? Because they were like at his church. And he, and he was like, I'm not going to do anything. It's like, it's his church. He's able to lead his church how he wants to do it. I mean, now, 
that wasn't how he leads his church. And when he does his church and when he leads his service, he makes sure he always does that. But you know what? He respected the fact that a pastor has the authority to figure out how he wants to do those things and get decisions out of people. And you know what? That just makes sense. That's just right. But you know what you'll have all the time? You'll have preachers get up and they're ripping on other preachers who handle their services differently. You know what? That, that's not your place. And you know what? We don't need to be the same way towards other people too. Hey, and you know what? We can be, we can be the same way because you know, we get ticked off. We get aggravated by people who have problems with how we do things. And, instead, and you know what? We often, I'm, I'm seeing that even people like us do quite a bit. We get all bent out of shape because other pastors, they criticize our methods in an area where we do have liberty and we can do what we feel led to do. But folks, that works both ways. If we feel led to do things one way, you know what? They can, if they feel led to do it another way, it's okay for them to do that. Let's not do the same thing back at people. And it's like, I'm not going to that church. I don't like how they do their altar calls. I don't like how they run their church service. They've got this program in their church and they got that program. I don't agree with that. I don't like it. Hey, you know what? It is not our place, especially as a church here. It is not our place to judge how these other churches are running their services. You know what? If they think it works better to break up into groups this way and have these kind of classes and whatever, you know what? That is not our authority. And if I choose to fellowship with a church like that and visit their services and have their meetings or have them come preach or whatever, you know what? I am not compromising. That is not my place to judge how they do those things. And it's the same thing too when it comes from family to family. Sometimes we're allowed to say, that is not my problem. Yeah, but they're wrong. I know they're wrong. Not your problem. So you know what, you, you know what that means you get to do? You get to show tolerance. And I, I get it, the libs, they, boy, they butchered that word. We don't like that word. But you know what? You need to show tolerance. You need to put up with it, deal with it. They do things different. They wear something different. They disagree. They're, maybe they listen to some music that you don't think that, you should, that they should listen to. And you know what? You're probably right. But not your problem, not your place to judge. So stay out of it. So these are, these are very important things. So whenever, whenever you, whatever situation that you're in, here's what you need to ask. Is are you being asked by other people? If they do things different, are you being asked to sin or are you directly causing someone to sin? So that's an important thing too. Well, I'm not going to go to their house because they do whatever. Okay, but are they asking you to do it? Are, are, they, are they trying to make you do that sin? Because obviously we're not going to sin for other people. You know, is your, your actions, your presence, whatever, are you causing them to sin? Because a lot of times too, okay, weddings, all right? Okay, you know, we're IFB, you know, weddings, there's a lot of stuff that gets out of hand in weddings, okay? I mean, folks, I hate weddings. I, I really do. And, and I hate when people are getting married here and I got to talk to them because, you know, and, and I haven't had problems here, okay? You know, with the weddings we've had here, we haven't had these, we haven't had these problems. But you know what? I'm just going to get this out there right now, okay? Listen, a wedding is not an excuse for the ladies to get up on the stage not wearing hardly any clothes. All right? Cover your body okay, in weddings. Just let's just get that out there right now. Don't make me make everybody show the bridesmaids' dresses and make me have to approve those things. 
Do you think I feel like judging dresses? All right. But let me tell you something. I do not want us on the day of the wedding to have the bridesmaids all show up, you know, showing cleavage and everything. Please do not put me in that position. All right. Cover your stinking body. It's a wedding. It's a holy ceremony. And you're going to, you want to turn this stage into, I don't know, I don't know what you'd call it. I, I want to keep things appropriate, but I, I don't like that. Music at weddings. Please don't ask to sing a country song in, it, for the wedding. Please, I just don't do that. And, you know, ah, it's just pastors. That's why they hate weddings. Oh, well, it's a Disney song. You know, it's Elton John. No, please, don't, don't. I, I, I know, can you feel the love tonight? You know, it's, it might be a good wedding song. It's Elton John's a queer, all right? We don't want to sing his songs in this church. I don't care if it's your wedding. Can we keep the ceremony holy, please? No weddings are coming up, but I'm just going to get this out there right now. I hate weddings because of that stuff. I get stressed out because I get pressured. You, you, know, you get pressured to just put up with all kinds of junk. And I can tell you a bunch of stories you know, from the last year. My dad had to deal with all this stuff. It's a pain in the neck. I, it really is, right? Just cover your bodies. Let's use Christian music. I, I just, I don't even know where I was, but I got to think about that stuff. Because I, I, you know, I do. I am supposed to judge these things. Oh, you're you're judging my wedding. Listen, if you want to have your burlesque show, if you want to sing your country music and your Elton John songs, go rent out a banquet hall, go rent out a chapel to have your wedding at, and ask some lesbian to come do your ceremony for you. All right? Because I don't want to do it. I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to have any. I don't want to have anything to do with that. And so, wedding. That's why I got. I was talking about weddings. All right. You know, even when you get invited to weddings, okay, everybody wants to dance. Okay, no dances, please. We're not doing dancing. Oh, just a husband and wife. Everybody wants to dance, and you know, no drinking, no alcohol. Okay, we're not. We're not doing none of that stuff. I'm getting all the rules out for weddings. All right. While well, none are coming up. Okay, no dancing, no alcohol. Not okay. okay. No, no secular music. Okay, just get all, for, Just understand, we're gonna have all these rules. Rent out the banquet hall. Okay, rent out, the, rent out the chapel. Get the lesbian to do your wedding for you. So when we get invited to these things, where everybody does all this junk, you know, it often puts them in a situation. Do I even go to this wedding? I mean, a lesbian's performing the wedding ceremony. <laughs> I'm picking on somebody in the church here. <laughs> It was before they were saved, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, you know, they're going to have country music. There's going to be dancing. There's going to be drinking. Should I even go? And that often is a dilemma people find themselves in. And and you know, and I'm not going to tell you what to do in every situation. But again, are you being asked to sin? Listen, I'm not drinking a toast in a wedding. Not going to happen. I, I'm not, not going to do it. Well, they want you to say something. Okay, I'll say something, but I'm going to say a verse about drinking before they do the toast. And I'm going to say, you know, as I, as I wish the best for the bride and groom, you know, to their health and happiness. You know, <laughs> you know that, that, that's what I'm going to do. You know, they might just not want to have me say anything. But at the same time, too, are you sinning by being present? Listen, they're going to probably do all that stuff anyway. But... Then again, too, is it a situation where it's people that know better? Because okay? let me tell you, 
you know, my sister's all married now, but if, if my sister, who were raised right, were going to have a wedding and they were going to do all that kind of junk, I'm not putting up with that. They know better. But, you know, I might have a cousin. They don't know any better. Maybe they're lost. They weren't raised the same way. You know, I might be more tolerant in that situation. So, again, there's a lot of things that you have to factor in. If you come from a family where everyone's lost, I promise you their wedding is not going to meet with your approval. And I'm not going to tell you you can't go. You know, I, I, you know, as long as you're not being asked to sin, as long as you're not being asked to do something that violates your conscience, as long as you're not causing them to sin, I don't think you're in sin. And go into that, but I will tell you this, you know, you're, you might need the help of the Holy Spirit in that situation to help you out. Because we don't ever want to cause people to sin. So, um, you know, so we, we want to do our best not to offend people. And... You know, whether therefore you eat or drink, whatsoever you do, do all the glory of God, give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God, even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many that, may, that they may be saved. You know, we put up with things all the time. We're tolerant all the time when we go out soulning. We, we talk to people a lot of times that aren't dressed the way they should be dressed. They're wrong. Sometimes they're sitting there. I, I've, I've witnessed people while they got a can of beer in their hands. I'm not putting up with that. I'm just going to let them go to hell. No, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put up with it. I've stood there and I've given the gospel people when I can smell alcohol. I've, I've given the gospel people when I can smell a pot. And I hate the smell of pot. It gives me a stomachache when I'm around that very long. We were, we were at the house a while back in Rockford. I forgot who I was with. They're giving the gospel. I was, I'm getting sick to my stomach being around it. But you know what? I, I put up with it. I tolerated it. You know why? Because that person has a lot bigger problems than the fact they smoke pot. They're lost and on their way to hell and they need to get saved. So, you know, we put up, I wasn't sinning. I wasn't causing them to sin. I didn't make them smoke pot. I didn't have, so I can put up with that. So, the last thing is just consider whether or not you are causing someone to sin with whatever you are choosing to do. The Apostle Paul, you know, he said unto the Jew, I became his Jew that I might gain the Jews. Them that are under the law as under the law that I might gain them under the law. To them that are without law as without law, being not without law to God but on the law to Christ that I might gain them that are without the law. He did all these things for the gospel's sake. He wasn't going to sin. But yet, if he's being asked to do things that are out of his comfort zone, things that he don't like, and even it too. I mean, folks, Paul's going to the heathen. He's going to the Gentiles. You know there was all kinds of stuff going on that they were doing, that they were involved in, that he was against. But as long as they're not asking him to sin, as long as he's not directly causing someone to sin, you know what? He can put up with it. There's a lot of things that we can just put up with. And so we should never sin to gain people. But at the same time, we need to understand that the people we are trying to gain are going to be sinning. They're going to have all kinds of problems. They're going to have all kinds of issues. And so because we're trying to gain them, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put up with it. We're going to tolerate all their problems. We're going to tolerate the issues and things that they have. And because the thing is, they're going to do it, whether we do anything or not. So what we're trying to do, we're going to try to help them and hopefully influence them away from those things. And so while we should always try to help people stop sinning, we need to understand that we are never, we're never in sin unless we cause people to sin. So we, you know, we don't want to make people sin. We don't want to encourage sin 
and cause somebody to do a sin that they wouldn't have normally done. And so it's like, you know, would your, is your presence at the wedding going to make them more likely to do some sins? Probably not. It's probably not going to have any effect on, on that at all. So, you know, just keep those things in mind. There are times and situations where silence is consent. You know, there are situations where we shouldn't just sit there and not say anything. That, you know, there, there is. There is a time to speak up. There's a time to shut up. You've got to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And so are, are you causing people to sin by not saying something? And a lot of times, it might not, you know, this might be tough for us to, a tough pill to swallow, but there are times where our approval or disapproval means nothing. Where nobody cares. So you can really, in that situation, just kind of do whatever you want. You know, there's some areas in life where we don't factor in and we don't matter. So you've got to figure out the situation that you're in. So we're all going to constantly find ourselves in situations where people are going to be doing things that we do not agree with. None of us want to be those miserable people who are just too good for everyone. You know how many people are just too good for every church and so they got a home church? They're so hardcore on everything, they have to home church. And that's all they'll ever be able to do. You know why? Because they have no patience. None. They don't, they don't tolerate anything. Yeah, and you know what? And you also don't help anybody either. You're not provoking anyone to love and good works. You're in disobedience to God. Listen, folks, you will not be able to go to a church and be a part of a congregation without having some tolerance, without having some patience. And so we don't, we don't want to be those miserable people that are too good for everyone. But you know what? None of us want to enable sinners either. We don't want to do that. We're always capable of failing and doing one of these two sins. But this is why we've got to learn to walk in the Spirit. When we walk in the Spirit, when you walk in the Spirit, you will display the fruits of the Spirit. And you know what? Against such... There is no law. When you are walking in the Spirit, you will not violate any of the laws of God. And so that's, that's the key. Staying dependent on the Holy Spirit. We're not factoring Him into enough things. He needs to be a daily part of our life. He should always be in our thoughts. We should always be filled with the Holy Spirit. That, and if we will do that, He will help us to walk in the way we should. And we will. We will be tolerant when we need to be tolerant. And we will be hardcore and not putting up with nothing when we need to not be putting up with anything. So, that, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for uh, your word and the, and the help that it gives us in this area. And Lord, more than anything, I pray that all of us will uh, just think about uh, the Holy Spirit more, that we'll be more dependent on the Holy Spirit, and that you'll help us all to do uh, a better job and be more diligent when it comes to just crucifying this flesh and uh, putting off that old man and putting on the new man and help us to be victorious and to be uh, people who are tolerant when we're supposed to be. In your name we pray. Amen.